Recorded live. Peace and blessings. I'm Jedediah, and this is Black Economic Evolution. Is there anyone on the line? Whether there's anyone on the line or not, I'm going to go ahead and move forward. So my name on Facebook is Jedediah, and this is actually my uh, part of my legal name. And um, I actually went through the courts and had a private legalized name change. Um, it's something that I decided to do because of my faith. So I want to say that I am of the Hebrew faith. If anyone that is coming into the group um, has a or dislike Hebrews, I'm not like the guys that you may see on the streets. Um, nothing against them, but I'm not, you know, I don't walk that path, but if anyone is against that, then please um, don't feel obligated to stay around and listen and participate in this group. I want to open by saying that there are a couple of things that I want to make sure that we know about how to conduct ourselves in this group and how this will help you in your individual life and economic growth. And the goal here is financial literacy and economic evolution for our people. Although I have a Hebrew background, all I ask is that if you are of a different walk of life, that when we interact with one another, that you just respect that. I'm not here to try to convince you or anyone else to be Hebrews. Um, please don't assume anything about me because I am Hebrew. Um, I'm not, um, I'm just my own individual self. And I'm all about unity amongst our people. I understand these different walks of life. Um, I don't discriminate against my own people because they've chosen a different life path. And I'm asking that all of those who are going to participate here within this training group, that if you are opposed to that, then please exit. One of the things we want to do in this group is provide the right type of education and training and literacy that will actually make a difference for you as an individual, for your immediate family, and your surrounding communities. We have to have an economic and financial literacy because I want to suggest to you that no matter what walk of life you come from, if you are a Negro in the United States of America, that one of the greatest educations you're going to learn is commerce, 
um, economics, finances. I want to suggest to you that you can't even begin to properly comprehend any of these so-called religions. Um, I don't consider myself to be religious, but any of these so-called religions, um, anything in the conscious movement, if you don't understand economics, finances, commerce, if you don't fundamentally understand those things, you are not going to really comprehend what took place in the transatlantic slave trade or otherwise. What you believe about it is your business. I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to debate. Um, I just want to share what I can with my people, and I just want to be a brother. So in this group... fundamental rules need to be we need to love and respect one another and treat one another with that type of respect and always be respectful no matter what we don't want to get into arguments or debates we're not here to debate any of those things that that stuff is is not going to help us as a people get out of this condition that we're in as a people it is of vast importance that we learn these commercial things, um, economics, because really that's the route to our plight. If we can control our own economy, then we can remove ourselves from oppression. We can be the determining uh, factor of our growth and development. And it's really that simple. And when you can control your own economics, you can rid yourself of any enslavement, any poverty, any oppression, and anyone who has had supremacy control over your life. All of this transatlantic slave trade and even our condition and what we're doing in, in America and how we're being treated all comes down to economics, commerce. It's my hope I'll be able to show and share information with you. And hopefully those things will be able to broaden your education, broaden your mind, and you will be able to see this that much more clearly. So I'm going to ask that if anyone is on the line, um, you announce who you are, announce your name. I'm looking at the board. I don't see anyone here, so I'm just going to go on with the uh, call. So if you know someone that you think that would be interested in this type of training and this type of growth, and you know that they're serious-minded, you know that they're not um, going to be um, discriminatory towards their own people, because a lot of people in the, or it appears to me anyway, a lot of people in the said conscious movement, it seems like when you're of a different walk than someone else, then 
that's being used to be divisive. I'm not about that. I don't agree with things that other groups or walks of life do or believe. Fine. But one thing that I do not have a choice but to accept and know is true is that you and I are brothers and sisters, biologically. And in any home, any household, any said family, you don't always get along with your siblings. You don't always walk the same path as they do. You don't choose the same career paths or what have you. It doesn't change the fact that we are biologically connected. And so naturally we have an obligation to love and respect one another. And that should come first above all things And I'm really saying that that's one of the major obstacles that we are experiencing that is causing this economic depravity. Simple. One of the problems we have, the way that we think about economics, is that we want to individually be more financially secure, which is fine. But when you think of yourself as being alone, you're not operating with a body of people or a group of people, you're going to automatically struggle. No ifs, ands, buts about it. Other cultures, other nations, other people understand fundamentally that in order to be prosperous, in order to be financially secure, you must operate as a group or as a functional body a body of people and you must pull your resources and you must do your economic um, development and growth as a group. It's simple. Listen, you know how you have uh, Sam's club and places like that. And you can go into Sam's club and buy things in bulk and and they, they become cheaper. Well, why is that? It's because it's a group of people, it's a club, and what the club membership allows the people to do is to pitch in their membership fees and buy things collectively in bulk. So um, I use this analogy all of the time. If you were to, if you were a musician and a, a rapper or whatever, and you wanted to do a uh, your own CD and press up your own CD, well, if you go to FedEx what is it, FedEx office, and you ask them to to copy a CD, they're going to say, okay, if you want one copy, it's going to be $20, okay? If you buy, if you want 100 copies, it's going to be like, you know, $5. So the more you buy in bulk, the cheaper it becomes so that if you can uh, conceive that concept, and apply it collectively, that means the things that you purchase collectively become that much more affordable to you individually, which is why other cultures in America have a different um, classification, a different um, just uh, consciousness about economics. And that's why you see less money being pulled into the inner cities where we highly populate because the truth is 
brothers and sisters, our people are really functionally, financially illiterate. I hate to say it, but we need to just bear down and accept the truth. We are functionally, financially illiterate. I'm going to go over a couple of things that I hope will help educate you and uplift you and help you feel empowered and hopefully help you see the light at the end of the tunnel. So if you know anyone that you think is serious about making a financial change and they're serious about their commitment to being good and respectful to their own people, no matter what walk of life they're coming from, if they're our people, we want to ask you to invite them into this group and get us all participating in applying these things. The things that I want to share with you and be educating you about, you can go right where you are. In some ways, you, you might spend a little bit of money, $10, $20 here and there, $40, $50, $100 here and there, but nothing that is un unaffordable, nothing that um, you have to come and pay me for or anything like that. Um, just things that we need to be aware of so that we can start eliminating this poverty and degradation and this, this, this depressive spirit of, in our financial situation in, in, in our communities. And once we get these things down, now we can start to make a difference in how we effectively deal with politicians and public officials. The key to dealing with governments, particularly in a republic form of government like we live in, um, is having economic control. Simple answer is you control the politicians economically through two ways, lobbying and the purchase and funding of their political campaigns and bonds. In order for them to take a seat in government, they have to have a bond. So if you understand, and the bonds are kind of like insurance, all right? Um, that's one way to look at them. But what you got to understand, the bulk of our people don't know this, so and there are other communities and cultures and nations in this country that do know this, so they know how to get what they want out of the politicians, and that's why you see such a difference and how we're treated. That's one of the reasons. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, how they are, how these Caucasians are um, and their personal behaviors. I'm talking about what we can do to effectively determine our future. Financial literacy is one major key. What is financial literacy? It's one major key to cracking open the real hidden secrets that are our relationship to slavery and the condition of our people and financial literacy 
will wake you up to see exactly where religion fits in and why. And I'm saying truth is outside of religions. Now, religions might have some truth. That's fine. I'm saying I'm not religious, even though I'm of the Hebrew faith, because I follow laws. I follow our cult. I follow a culture, a, a moral code. Truth is outside of religious dogma. Truth is the real consciousness, particularly in financial literacy. I want to suggest to you that you absolutely do not know truth until you really have a functional comprehension of financial literacy. You will not understand what has happened to us, why it's going on now, and why it will continue to go on until we make this change and become financially literate. How do you become financially literate? I want to say to you that you will find financial literacy in in the following. um, The easiest way to find it is in dealing with what is called negotiable instruments um, and real estate. Whether you purchase real estate or not, I'm saying the easiest way to understand it is through those means. Why? Because you get a chance to actually operate in it. You get a chance to actually use the education that you learn, and then you get a chance to see that there really is really nothing holding us back but ourselves, really. You can see North Korea doesn't like North America, but North Korea is not economically under the thumb of North America. because North Korea controls their own economics. And no matter where you are in any country, if you understand the platform of government that you're operating through and the economics of this earth, you can change your condition and you can change the condition of a body, a group, a nation of people, and you can change it in the powers within your hands to do so. I want to briefly talk about some of the posts that you will read if you're new to the group and some of the things that you see and what have you. Um, Creating your own home bank. This is very, very important to beginning um, to change your economic life because you got to start by changing your activity, and you can do this immediately, but you got to do it in repetition. When you change your approach and your activity, and you change it repetitiously, you will have you'll be making that much more uh, closer a step towards your financial security. 
a lot of the reasons why we have financial hardships is not just lack of education, but when we start to approach trying to change our lives, we don't have the will or the commitment to sit through training and education that we can apply because we don't even know really how to learn. We don't really know the the tools of change. So I'm going to share this with you. One of the key tools of change is, of course, you got to change your education. But a lot of times we fight ourselves. So let's say you want to go on a diet, right? And you say, okay, Monday I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start dieting. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Then Monday comes, you do it, and then you might do it two or three days. You fizzle out, and then next thing you know, you're no longer doing it. You're caught up in your regular life again, and nothing has changed. You long to make that change. You really want it, but there's a challenge, an obstacle that is you. The challenge and obstacle of not knowing how to change any circumstance, any situation from your thinking first. So here's how you do it. The body responds to the commands of the mind. I learned this many years ago from psychologists, and I've implemented it for myself, and I can tell you that this actually works, and hopefully I can explain it to you in a way that will make sense to you. Please get a notebook, a, a pen and pad, write some of these key points down. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me on the Facebook through the group, or you can uh, message me in the inbox. And I can do my best to address them with you. Listen, the mind, the body doesn't know the difference between whether it is physically doing something because, or whether it is thinking something, whether the mind is thinking something. Now, the body believes that it, it that it's doing something that the mind is telling it to do. So the key to that kind of change begins, or the changes in anything in life, begins with what you see in your mind's eye. What you see in your mind, what you visualize in your mind, you visualize it, you see yourself doing it and achieving it, and your body is going to follow suit. Now, of course, you may have the challenges of negative thinking and those types of things, but here's why this works. Once you can convince your body that what you're doing is what you have to do what it what it has to do your body will then respond to your mind when negative thoughts come up 
and it'll get in the routine of doing something positive just in the same way you've gotten in the routine of doing something negative. I hope that made sense. Of course, you need to clean out negative thoughts and cast them down. You don't want to be around people that are going to be negative and discourage you. You really want to, if you really are wanting to make a serious change, you got to be committed and you got to first see it in your mind's eye. See yourself carrying out the actual things that you need to accomplish. For instance, if you need to put something in the mailbox to send some mail off somewhere that's going to help you change your economic condition. Visualize yourself putting it in an envelope, going to the, the post office and giving it to the um, the people to to mail off. Visualize that first and do this repeatedly, repeatedly, do it several times a day if you have to. Because there appears to be no one on the line, um, I'm just going to do my best to explain these things and then continue to move on point by point. <clears throat> so before any change can occur in your life, no matter what it is, you have to tell yourself, command yourself, and use these tools to instruct yourself to change. All you have to do is visualize yourself doing these things several times over and over and over. You got to visualize them before you do them. Hold these thoughts for 30 seconds, 30 to 60 seconds. Visualize it, see it in your mind's eye, and let them go. Set goals. Visualize them 30 to 60 seconds. Actually carry them out in your mind before you physically execute and let these thoughts go. When, it's come, when it comes time to physically execute, <clears throat> you should have a bit of a smoother transition because whether we realize it or not, every single day, but whatever it is that we have planned for the day, we actually go through that routine. We visualize it. Our mind gives our body the command. Our, our body then responds. And once we keep doing things over and over and over and over, then our mind and body are in harmony. So this is how you defeat self-defeating thoughts um, and bad habits. It's scientific. It's not personal. It's not it won't work for me. This is the nature of change itself. This is the nature of life itself, creating your own home bank. One of the things you want to do, you want to go and... Uh, get you a safe, get you a, you know, um, I'm 40, in my 40s, so when I was coming up, <clears throat> my grandparents all had piggy banks, penny banks and piggy banks. Well, we, our people culturally 
always did private banking. Private banking that you may hear out in the world begins with having your own private bank at home, meaning you're going to take your loose change, you're going to put it in your bank, you're going to let it sit there. You take your loose money, your loose dollar bills, you're going to put them in your safe or your bank, you're going to let them sit there. Start with that. Get in the root, see yourself mentally doing it, see yourself actually going in your pocket, taking out some loose change and walking to your bank or your safe and putting it in there. Get in the routine of that. Do it on a regular basis and just let that money sit in there and don't touch it. That's the first step of creating a private bank. Now, what is going to come with this at a later time, which which I will be um, giving some training on at a later time, is how you can actually make that bank an, a legalized private bank. And you can become a legalized private banker that can institute your own um, promissory notes, bonds, um, and other negotiable instruments legally and lawfully, not like you might hear some of these people that call themselves sovereigns or and all that madness. I'm not talking about that. Um, nothing against the people that may believe in that stuff, but a lot of it is um, a bunch of myths. But nonetheless, you can set yourself up to be a legalized private banker, and it's really just a shift in your education and your thinking and then you can actually issue out loans and um, issue out interest-bearing loans and other things like that. I've done this with a couple of different people, and the people that I've shared this with, and we've, we've done a few setups and things like this. Um, a couple of brothers just recently um, started issuing loans. One brother issued out a $2,500 loan and then forgave the loan meaning he issued out a loan and he had he had been doing these same private banking principles long enough that he had enough money to loan out and do his own inventory and private accounting and and um bookkeeping set up his own interest rates and when the individual w- was due to pay back the loan this brother waived and forgave, as they say in uh, commerce, financial literacy, remember, he was able to forgive the loan. So the individual didn't have to even pay him back to $2,500 plus interest. You do not want to charge your loved ones or your relatives interest on loans, by the way. Let me say that. You don't want to do that. You want to try, you want, if you're doing interest, you want that to be for a corporation or a foreigner, somebody that's foreign to you, um, not the same people as you. That's how you want to do that. I just wanted to throw that out there. Corporations, wherever you see corporations or incorporated, the first thing you have to understand 
is that these are bankrupt entities. What is a bankrupt entity? A bankrupt entity is one that cannot legally and or lawfully circulate lawful money or lawful currency. The only real lawful, now I'm saying there's a difference between lawful and legal. Uh, Hopefully I can cover that today. The only lawful money on planet Earth, actual instruments of money, are negotiable instruments and gold and silver. Negotiable instruments must be backed by something of value. For instance, a mortgage is a negotiable instrument or a non-negotiable negotiable instrument because it's set in stone a, a cost or um, a predetermined cost to pay it back. So it's not negotiable in that sense. But nonetheless, what I'm saying is a mortgage is a negotiable instrument. That's lawful money. How you pay back a mortgage, the terms and conditions of paying back a mortgage is different than the mortgage itself. You can pay back a mortgage with monopoly money if the other party agreed to it. And basically they do have you paying back mortgages with monopoly money which is the Federal Reserve Note United States dollar bills. I'll go into that at another time, but my point is Federal Reserve Notes are legal tender, but they are not lawful money. And the reason why they are not lawful money is because only entities that are not bankrupt and that are not incorporated can circulate in their society gold and silver. Gold and silver is the first standard of lawful money, and this is ancient. This is over 6,000 years ago, five to 6,000 years ago, this started and became the original, um, one of the original forms of globally accepted lawful currency. The United States of America is in debt to the international bankers, and secondarily, they are in debt to China. They're in debt to countless other countries, but the the principal creditors to the United States and the primary creditors to the United States are the international bankers, which many of us know of as the Federal Reserve Bank, and which which are the IRS, by the way, and and China. <clears throat> The IRS, financial literacy here, internal revenue service. The IRS are bank tellers, bookkeepers, and accountants for the international bankers. The Federal Reserve Bank, many of us know, is not a part of the United States government because it is superior to the United States government. 
Why is it superior? Because the Federal Reserve Bank is the bank that's owned, managed, maintained, and controlled by the Internal Revenue Service, who are bookkeepers and accountants for the international bankers. The United States of America borrowed money from these international bankers, and the Federal Reserve Bank is the bank that operates with the United States comptroller and the United States currency, I mean, excuse me, treasury, to manage the national deficit that's being paid back to the international bankers. So what happened was the United States went to the international bankers, asked them for a loan. They said, okay, well, do you have um, do you have gold and silver you can use as collateral? And the United States at that time did have gold and silver. They started to pay back their debts to the international bankers until they ran out of gold and silver. When they ran out of gold and silver, they went to the common people and had everybody turn in their money. I believe it was May 1st, 1933. Was, excuse me, everybody turned in their gold. And silver, so they they confiscated all the gold and silver from citizens and slaves and what have you. Well, slaves didn't really have it, but they confiscated all the gold and silver, and then they turned all of that over to the international bankers to keep the international bankers from foreclosing on the United States of America. That's what actually happened. This is not my opinion. This is these are facts in history, facts in commerce, and this is again the importance of financial literacy because when you know this, this is not emotional. This is not me having to feel a certain way about it. Either these things happen and they're true or they're not. There's evidence of it, and when you financially comprehend it, when you have commercial comprehension it makes it that much easier to see what's going on here. Now, with that being said, the United States of America had to incorporate and become a corporation because it had depleted all of its lawful money, gold and silver. As a result, fiat currency was introduced, fiat being paper currency um, or being some form of evidence of a debt, which is why when you read the um, the Federal Reserve note dollar bill, they say this note is evidence of a debt and is legal tender. I'm trying to keep these brief, but I, these, uh, this recording brief, but I wanted to share that with you so that you can get a head start on um, comprehending what we're facing here. And then once you start to apply these things and get these things into your comprehension, I am telling you, I'm urging you to keep the path because it is going to make your financial transition that much more uh, simpler, and it will be able to help you revolutionize your life and your loved ones, relatives, and your community. The, this is how we do it. So that's why they don't have um, 
they don't circulate gold and silver because they're in debt to the international bankers. Now, how they pay back that debt is through the labor of taxpayers. Taxpayers are the quote-unquote slaves. Once they pay off their debt to the international bankers, then they can go back to the gold-silver standard. They cannot go back to that legally or lawfully until they pay back their creditor. That is very simple to comprehend. This is why you have mortgages, you have car notes, and you have things that are in this community, in this society that you don't actually legally own, and we don't know it. This is why they can tow your car. This is why they can um, repo your car and all these things. It really has nothing so much to do as did you keep up with your payments. It has to do with your uh, commercial status and possessorship rights in property. So they tax you on these properties so that they can always take them back from you if you don't continue to pay back the national deficit. When you're paying on a car note, a house note, um, credit cards and all that, you're actually paying off the debts of the United States. Whole nother issue, but I just wanted to just give you something to think about. A city is a municipality. A city is a, I'm, right now I'm discussing some of the posts that you find in the group. A city is a corporation. A city is bankrupt. They don't have any gold and silver. The fact that they can circulate um, negotiable instruments and Federal Reserve notes does not mean that they're not bankrupt. They don't have lawful money, so they're bankrupt. All entities in this union of states that is called the United States of America do not have lawful money. Social media and product placement. You can begin to earn money for yourself, actual real money, and here's what makes the difference. How you approach in financial literacy and economic evolution as your mind begins to evolve, how you approach purchases in the public is going to change. You're going to legally correct and change how you make purchases. A purchase is different than an acquisition. A purchase, the word purchase comes from pure chase. Whatever you purchase is not legally yours. Even if you pay it off, even if you pay off a house, a mortgage, there's taxation on the, the land and the house uh, that's under a mortgage and it's paid off and you have to still continue with taxation. Therefore, it's still not 
yours. So understand when you're doing, you're economically getting more money in. This is why you will see um, our athletes, our um, entertainers that make all this money and all of a sudden they're broke. How do you get $100 million and then all of a sudden in within 10 years you're broke? All these athletes that retire from um, basketball, football, that make all this money and then they go broke. Well, it's because of their economic status, their economic position, how they are approaching purchases. That must change. So as you grow and learn how to make money from products and services, how to make Federal Reserve notes. Once you are getting these Federal Reserve notes in, what's going to change is how you approach these purchases. Therefore, the property won't be a property that you get with it won't be able to be taken from you, and you'll be able to build. The reason why we have so many of us living check to check is because our mind is fixated on um, income. We live off of income. The IRS taxes income. If monies that you receive are not classified as income, they are not necessarily taxable. There's income and then there's revenue. And if you look up these words, you'll see that they try to intertwine them. But I'm saying legally, revenue is different from income. Now, watch. If you're living and you're working one or two jobs just to make ends meet, you're receiving income that's taxable. It is not designed for you to prosper off of one or two or three or four jobs that produce income unless you have some really, really, really serious discipline and you live far below your um, means. Then you can save money and, and begin to prosper, save Federal Reserve notes and begin to prosper. But otherwise, it is not designed. What you must have is what they call passive income, but what the term that we need to use, start using is revenue. Financial literacy, you need to learn the term revenue. If you have one stream of income, it's taxable, right? One of the illusions that comes with that is if you make, let's say, $100 a week or $1,000 a week, let's say you make $1,000 a week from a job, that $1,000 is taxable at approximately 25% per week. So you might get a net of $1,000, but you might not gross if I'm saying that correctly, bring home 
maybe $750 to $800. What's going on there? That's a whole other training, but I want you to see the, the percentage that is coming out of your weekly checks. The difficulty of trying to prosper from that begins because most of us are not managing our life ledger, as, as we're going to learn about um, what's going in and out uh, as far as assets and debts every month. So you don't have the real opportunity to really save, and let alone the fact that we don't understand the correct status of purchases versus acquisitions, but you don't really get the opportunity to start saving because you're trying to survive off of one income. Now, what if you took that same $1,000 a month that you spend 40 hours a week, excuse me, $1,000 a week that you spend 40 hours a week trying to earn or earning, what if you could add an additional $1,000 that you did not have to spend forty dollars a week or forty hours a week to bring in. What if you could make a thousand dollars? Well, let me go. Let me make it more realistic. What if you can make an additional thousand dollars a month? That's more realistic. That will be what two hundred dollars a week. An additional two hundred dollars. Excuse me. $250 a week. If you can get an additional $250 a week, how would that change your economic situation? Think about that. Now watch. Here's how it works. You can only exert so much energy in hours that you work, but how you have to set this up, you have to have products and or services that you can outsource that are going to bring you revenue and you do not have to put in work hours to get this. So look, let's use hmm, let's use a paper route as an example. Let's say the paper route is going to pay you this additional $250 a week. But you have to pay someone else to deliver the papers and they're going to make $100 out of it. The paper route is going to have to generate you $350 a week you are going to make sure that the deliver the paper boy or what have you gets there at hundred dollars a week, and then you all you have to do is collect the two hundred and fifty dollars a week that you, that you need. What I'm saying is you're outsourcing instead of you going out to actually deliver the papers. What you do is you. outsource services, outsourcing means that you can earn money, you can earn commissions, you can earn revenue 
without having to do the actual work. Now, if you repeat this one or two times, let's say you have two services that you outsource. You don't have to do the work. All you have to do is set up the means of delivery. You can make that additional $250 a week for every outsource opportunity that you set up. Let me make it a little simpler. If you have a blog, you see me talking about blogs. If you have a blog and your blog has products and services and someone goes to your blog and they purchase products and services that you don't have to do anything but collect from, then maybe you can see how simple it is when you get a little bit of an education to turn your economic life around almost immediately. All you have to do is to be able to set up your, uh, your products and services the right way and then know how to drive traffic to those products and services where you don't have to do anything but drive traffic. How do you drive traffic? If you're on Facebook, if you're on social media, Twitter, and all of that, if you're spending any time doing that, naturally the same amount of time that you're on Facebook doing whatever you do or on social media, you can also use that same thing to introduce products and services. The products and services can find their way to people that are on social media they can purchase these or purchase and or acquire these products and services, and then you can generate revenue. Three things you can do right now that can change you, your economic life that you can add to your repertoire. Of course, you could go out and drive Uber. You could do it part-time. But you could become a notary public notary public make anywhere a notary makes anywhere from six dollars to two hundred dollars per seal why do i say that there are a lot of emergency notaries there are a lot of notaries that sit in during real estate transactions as far as for title companies there are a lot of notaries that are traveling notaries. And for these types of services, you can offer or you can uh, demand more than just $6. There are people that I know, there's uh, one sister in Atlanta that um, we worked with who is charging $200 for a 24-hour emergency notary. You can become a tax preparer. Preparer. This is the season where there are a lot of people that are filing their taxes. You can become a tax preparer. So you can do those two things, and that will help you. 
because I'm a, about 56 minutes into this um, training, I'm going to end this and I'll pick up at another time with uh, continuing this topic of some of the things that I need to cover. But I'm in this and give you exactly where you need to start. What I'm going to do, I'm going to plug you in with some products and services that are going to become passive income slash residual revenue for you. I'm going to show you how to do it, but you need to start. I'm going to use this approach. Let's start with you creating your own Facebook fan page. Create yourself a Facebook fan page. Let's do that first. Create yourself a Facebook fan page, and then we're going to use that to add products and services to your Facebook fan page. And you, when you go on social media, you're going to be um, doing posts from, and I don't mean you're going to be doing posts that are necessarily just selling stuff. That's not what I mean. But you're going to do posts from your Facebook fan page. It's going to drive traffic to your Facebook fan page. And if you have products and services available, and people get the chance to see them, and from there you get a chance to start earning residual revenue. I hope this is sufficient for you to get started. I hope this is a sufficient beginning education and training that will help you change your life. I promise you, brothers and sisters, if you stick with me, stick with your brother, and you apply these things, you're going to see results. Peace and blessings to you. Thank you for listening.